Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If your neighborhood is like mine or like some of the ones we drive through to get to church, there have been lots of Christmas decorations lighting up the night these past few weeks. And if your neighborhood is anything like mine, then among those decorations have been certain rather large inflatable figures of all kinds of people, animals, and snowmen anchored onto the lawns in front of houses. And if your neighborhood is anything like mine, those figures now lie dead on the ground. All the air, all the spirit taken out of them. Now they are lifeless lumps of deflated plastic testifying that Christmas is over. Ho, ho, ho. And if you're like me, not like my neighborhood, but like me, you sometimes feel that way. Deflated. All the wind, all the spirit sucked out of you. But if you had been in Jerusalem right after that first Christmas, and especially that day 40 days after Christmas, when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple, you would have seen the exact opposite happening. On that day, there was not a great deflating, but a great inflating to a man named Simeon. Now we're not told much about him. He probably went unnoticed by most people in their day-to-day lives. Just another man blending in with the crowd. But we are told that he was a man of faith, righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And then this also The Holy Spirit was with him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And on this day, he had been led into the temple. And perhaps he was praying. Now the temple was a busy place. It was loaded with all kinds of hustle and bustle. And so a man and a woman and a newborn child entering the temple wouldn't have attracted much attention. They were, after all, doing what all devout, law-abiding parents did, bringing the mother 40 days after the delivery to the temple for her purification and bringing their firstborn son to be presented to the Lord. So really it was a day just like any other day. A man praying, a father, mother, and child coming to offer sacrifice, just like any other day, until the paths of these two crossed. 
And then suddenly this man, Simeon, was inflated with joy. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Simeon comes alive and announces to all that God has kept his word of promise and sent a Savior. And Mary and Joseph, who had seen a lifetime of wonders the past year, now see another. As Simeon takes Jesus up in his arms and rejoices. And the words that seem to dance off his lips reveal the dancing joy of his heart that cannot be contained. This was no rehearsed speech. But the word of God given Simeon to speak from the joy that filled his heart. The joy that comes with receiving the greatest gift of all. And I wonder if Mary smiled at this just a bit. Because she knew this joy. It was the same joy that filled her own heart. Which had overflowed with dancing words of her own. When she herself had said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She saw in Simeon a man whom God had looked upon his humble state, just like her, just as he had with her, to bring joy, this child born, to bring joy to so many. So Simeon, he's good. He now needs nothing more. His his eyes have been opened to see this child who would himself soon open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. And so now he can depart not just the temple, but this world in peace. Because the word and promise of God has been fulfilled. And not just the word and promise of God to Simeon, but his word and promise to us all. To send a savior. Simeon can depart this world in peace. And so can we. Because this child would not. Because this child would be a light for the Gentiles and the glory of Israel, not from a throne of gold, but from one of wood. Where he would hang in the midst, not of joy, but of hate and mocking and death. Where he would make peace between God and And man. Peace. In the forgiveness of our sins. And this is the work that Simeon then also speaks of. He doesn't only express his joy. But he also says that this child. Will cause the rising and falling of many. He will be opposed. That he will cause Mary's own heart and soul to be pierced in two. That he will reveal the thoughts and desires of our hearts. But all this is the reason for our Christmas joy. This is not bad news, although it might sound like it. But really, good news. For first, the falling and rising of which Simeon speaks is the falling of our old sinful man. And the rising of a new man. 
a death and resurrection to a new life which takes place for us in holy baptism. And then second, that Jesus was opposed so much that he was crucified in our place is so we may be welcomed by our Father in heaven. Third, Mary's heart and soul, which will be mightily pierced as she witnesses her son brutally killed, will be healed with the joy of the resurrection. And then fourth, the revealing of the thoughts and desires of our hearts. Well, that's the work of the law. And that thus revealed they may be confessed and removed, forgiven by the blood of this child. Shed for us. And it would not take long for all these things to happen. For when King Herod found out about this child, he did not rejoice. But he set in motion a bloody slaughter, killing all the boys two years old and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding region, that in this sweeping holocaust he might kill off this rival baby king. That was the slaughter of the holy innocents, which is commemorated every year by the church on the fourth day of Christmas, December 28th. But Herod was not successful because it was not yet time for this child to die. For in fact, no one could take his life from him. He came to lay it down of his own accord. To give his life for the life of the world. To give his life for you and me. And that was his joy. And what brought him and his inflating joy here on Christmas. And then, after having said all this, Simeon just disappears. We never hear of him or from him again. Yet I think we can be sure that his Christmas joy was never deflated. Whenever he did depart, whether it was soon after this or a long time after this, it was in the peace of which he spoke. The peace of the Spirit. The peace of forgiveness. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. But that's not the end of the story. Luke then goes on to tell us also of Anna, a widow, a prophetess who lived day and night in the temple, but about whom also we know very little. But her witness is important as well. As the second witness required by the law and being from the tribe of Asher, a representative from the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel. For Jesus had come for all Israel, indeed, for all the world. And perhaps her witness foreshadows what would happen some 33 years later when a few other women would also testify of Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, The life-inflating, joy-giving resurrection of Jesus after seeing the joy of the empty tomb. 
And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Then they went home. That's what Luke says. Just like that, it's over as quickly as it began. Seems very anticlimactic, doesn't it? After such joy in the temple. Like all those figures now lying dead on the ground around my neighborhood. All the air, all the spirit taken out of them. But there is joy even here too in this little fact. That Jesus goes home and lives as we live, though without sin. In his life, he fulfills every jot and tittle of the law that we have broken in our place. And he experiences all that we do. So he knows what you are going through in your life. All the trials and troubles and deflating. And the favor of God was upon him, that it may now be upon us. All that he did, all of it, was to inflate us with the joy of the Spirit. To give life to us who are dead in our trespasses and sins. To raise us up to a new life that will never end. Or be deflated. And so Simeon's Christmas joy is our joy as well. That's why we sing Simeon's song. Not only at Christmas, but each time we too take up the body and blood of this child. Not in our arms, but in our mouths. As we eat his body and drink his blood, given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Given and shed for us. For our consolation. For we need consolation. I mentioned earlier that sometimes I feel like those deflated decorations. And I'm sure you do too. And I'm sure Simeon did. Maybe even that day in the temple. Maybe that's why he was there. Maybe why he was praying. And waiting for the consolation of Israel, he received it. Consolation that is for us too. Consolation from the sin and hurt in this world that is inflicted upon us. And from this guilt of the sin and hurt that we inflict upon others. Consolation from the despair and doubt we feel in our hearts. Consolation from the disappointments and pains of life. Consolation from the fear and worry that sometimes consumes us. In this child, in the midst of all this, like Simeon, we too can have peace and joy. The peace and joy of sins forgiven. The peace and joy that our enemies, sin and death and Satan are defeated. Peace and joy of the Spirit who has inflated us with life both now and forever. This peace and joy that surpasses all understanding. 
So yes, Simeon's Christmas joy is our joy as well. So like Simeon, we are ready to depart in peace whenever and however. For we too have been given the greatest gift of all. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Today we heard that God kept his word to Simeon so that we know he keeps his word to us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.